The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Afternoons with Mike here on the Shepherd Radio Network. It is always a fun time for me when I get a visit from Art Alley, and Art is in the house. Welcome back. In the house, man. (laughs) What an honor to be in the house here, in in the studio. In the studio. In Studio B is where we are today, Ah. Uh, and that is our our home here for the Shepherd, and uh, we we have the privilege of talking to people like you on a daily basis so grateful for you, first of all. If uh, friends who are listening to us may that may not be aware, Art leads what is called the Timothy Plan, all part of an organization, the Timothy Partners. It's a responsibly uh, investment, uh, investing responsibly, let's use it that way, investing responsibly firm for all sorts of investments. You have a, a number of different options for people to come and take part of and uh, as part of their portfolio. And you do that. And we've talked about this many times on the program, but you do it from taking the heart of God, the word of God, and how we're to obey the Lord in our lives and our stewarding of money. And you apply that even to the long range investments for retirement accounts and for just general investing, right? Sure. But I have a question. Okay. You mentioned we're in Studio B. Yeah. I'm always in Studio B. When I What do I have to do to graduate to Studio A? <laughs> well, Studio A is our main bigger one right behind oh, you. Oh, see, uh, yeah, I don't you, qualify for that. Well, okay. and, and it's not bigger in terms of names, Art. It's uh, bigger in terms of how many people we have. So this is just a preference thing. Okay. Right here. All right, <laughs> That's all right. funny. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I like it. I like the sense of humor, and that helps us here in this Thanksgiving season. Inflation has hit this country hard. Oh, man. And it has been a rough year for just about everybody. And aren't just quite frankly, when it comes to money, I mean, a lot of people, are you seeing people pull back on investing during this time frame right now? Hey, you know, that's a great question. I have been doing this for 45 years now in the investment industry. Timothy planned for 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first time in my career because markets go up, markets go down. They go up more than they go down normally. Uh, but when they go down, people get scared. And they get scared like they're going to lose all their money. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, in a panic, pull the money out of the market. Oh, they pull it out of even the investment. They're, it's, Absolutely. It's not like Over, they're not just making more investments. No, no. They're pulling some of their investments out. More goes out than goes in in markets like this. Except now. Except now. This is the first time in 45 years I have seen more money come in to Timothy than leaves in redemptions. Now, that's a great well, problem. I, think people I mean, that, are finally that's not a problem. Yeah. I think they're waking up, you know? Okay. Why would you sell when things are down? Right. And that's the only time you ever lose. I mean, you may not like it on paper, but until you sell, you don't lose anything. You know, I remember Black Monday art, and you would too. Oh, I do too, man. Yeah. And I remember I, I didn't, I was I was uh, in Orlando already when that one happened. 
So that had been what, late 80s? Uh, or, 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 yeah, I think it was late uh, 80s. I think so. Yeah, late 80s. And I remember a terribly tragic story about a guy in Miami who lost a fortune in Black Monday, and he jumped out of a high-rise yeah. to his death. Yeah. And just a couple of months later, all the of his funds would started. have been right back where they were. This is the normal way the market uh, uh, acts and reacts. Now, we're not in normal times now, granted. Right. Uh, but, you know, it goes up, it goes down. It goes up more than it goes down, and people... Uh, especially those you mentioned retirement plans. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a great time for them because in retirement plans, you're investing money every single month. And Mike, do you want to invest the money when the market is down or when it is up? Well, you're you getting, get more shares when it's you're down. You're getting much more yeah. for your money when it's down. Yeah. So they're dollar cost averaging right through all this. And they're going to be very happy when, when we go back on the upturn again. Now, our mutual friend, Dan Cilia, oh, who passed man. away, he used that term that you just said, that uh, dollar share averaging, yeah. the whole thing about looking at all of your income, uh, and I'm sorry, all of your investments, both present and those that you made. And even if you made some, let's say, two months ago, and it was at a higher level, uh, and, and now you, the market drops a little bit and there's concern about the value of all of that. It, it all averages together. Even what you do today affects the averaging of your investments of what you've already done, right? Absolutely, Mike. And you know what I advise? We don't give advice. We are the Timothy plan. We are a mutual fund family. We are the product that the financial advisors use for their clients. They're the ones that give the advice. Mm-hmm. But if I were to give advice today, you know, we're still in for some turmoil in these markets. Things are not well in America. You may not have noticed that, oh. but they're really not well in America. <laughs> oh, really? Right now. All right, come on. Uh, where, where have I been? I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, so if I were, let's say I had a um, $100,000 to invest. Yeah. Something happened, I get a windfall of $100,000. Would I dump $100,000 into the market right now? My answer would be no. I would put it in money market and I would dollar cost average over the next year into the market, like uh, the same amount every month. And as the turmoil continues, you're going to end up with much more for your money. It's a, a much uh, a less uh, a risky way uh, to invest in, in this kind of a, a very, very volatile market. Well, take a moment and explain the difference from inv you wouldn't invest it in the market, but you would roll it into some of the other funds. So explain the difference. No, no. I would put it in a money market fund. Money market. That's what that's, I mean. Yeah. That's, a like money a, market. that's like a savings account. Which is it? different from the, the market, the uh, investing into the stock market, let's say. Well, that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have... 12 different funds. And in fact, we have uh, six, soon to be seven exchange traded funds. Uh, one of our funds is a money market fund. It is just what it says it is. You're in the money market. You're not in, in the equity markets or the fixed income markets or anything else. It's a, it's a stable, doesn't pay a lot of interest, mm -hmm. although it's starting to go up now when they keep raising rates. Uh, but it's a, a, a safe haven to keep, if you can use that term, uh, to keep your money uh, in that uh, 
extremely low risk uh, environment and then dollar cost average into the funds that are in the markets. They are in the equity markets. They mm-hmm. are in the fixed income markets. And um, it, it's just a, a more sensible uh, strategic way mm-hmm. to lower, uh, you know, you could be right. If you dump it all today and the market goes up, you're going to be a hero. Yeah. If you but dump it, it all today down. and it goes down, you're going to feel like a goat. Yeah. Um, so it's just a good way to do it. And people are starting to understand, you know, when I'm investing, it's a long-term process. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, I may need that money tomorrow. If you do, don't put it in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you stay the course, history has shown that, uh, you know, it goes up. 10 times more than goes down over time. Now, some of these funds that you have and you manage through Timothy, uh, are you ever surprised or is it pretty much the performance of these funds kind of along what you would expect? Are there ever any like surprising, like, wow, that did better than I thought it would do? Well, you know, that's, that's another good question. Number one, we do not manage the money. Timothy is like the orchestra leader. We engage professional money management firms Mm -hmm. that specialize in those sections of the market, Uh, whether it's growth stocks or value stocks or fixed income or high yield bonds or international. We have an Israel fund. Uh, They do the management. Got it. We tell them what they cannot own because it fails our basic biblical screens. Right. And that's the responsibly uh, investing responsibly. Biblically responsible, right. Right. And so that's all we do. And then they are the ones that construct the portfolios. uh, But they have one requirement from me, don't be a cowboy. Yeah. We want to err on the conservative side of the ledger. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I started 45 years ago in this industry, everybody's concern was return like real estate, location, location, the top three things were return, return, return. return. (laughs) That's changed today with experience. Today, the bigger concern is don't lose my money. Right. Get me a competitive return, which we have performed over 28 years, but don't lose my money. So our managers are all uh, investing in a conservative manner in good companies that are producing profits and if you own a company that's, that's very profitable and well run, you are going to do well over time, mm-hmm. no matter what the, the short-term volatility is on the price of those shares. Uh, that should not be the issue. The issue should be, is it a good company? And our managers have a, a real long, long history of proving they know how to find them. And, you know, I think in this day and age, we're seeing some surprises happen in our culture. I think even those that have been praying for this for almost 50 years, the Roe v. Wade decision, talk Mm. about becoming more responsible, at least to the degree that it is now not in place, Roe v. Wade the Supreme Court ruling of almost 50 years ago that made that uh, kind of almost a rubber stamp yes uh, from a federal standpoint. Now it's kicked back to the states, and that's that's a sign that at least some good directions are going uh, in a time that it seems like so many other directions are going south, where the mood of the country, inflation, art, this is, uh, you know, our even mortgage rates. They're, they're going up. Oh, sure. So people are more acute to what's going on in 
what they don't have right now than they have been in any time in recent times. Well, I think that's true. Um, but the Roe Wade, you know, we're all thrilled with that decision. Yes. But that is not our problem in America. We have a spiritual problem. Roe Wade would be meaningless if people operated on a biblical foundational basis. Yeah. yeah. And you know, our, our country, we, we basically stamp this on our currency. In God we trust. Mm, they're trying to take that off too. I'm they, sure they are. Sure. I've thought about that many times, how many people uh, that are in the D.C. area that are working night and day to try to get some of those uh, inscriptions removed. You know, one of my favorite uh, preachers of all time was Dr. E.V. Hill. Mm, I'm sure you I have followed know. him. A man of prayer. Uh, you know, he's been, he's in heaven and been yeah. there for quite a while now. But one of his best sermons, uh, they were all good. Yeah. Uh, but this one sticks in my mind. And it's a three-point sermon like they all do. You know, I mm -hmm. don't know why they do three points. <laughs> but point number one is you can go to hell. And when you tell that to people, they get all kinds of reactions. But the truth is, you can choose to reject Christ mm -hmm. and spend your eternity in hell. That's your choice. Number two surprises people. You can't stay here. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're, we we're not like, going to, you can't do it. You can't you, hang on. We act like this is all there is. Yeah. You know, this is a whisper of time. And the yeah. older you get, the more you realize that. Uh, and then number three, you know, you've got two destinations. When you get there, one of two, you can't negotiate. That it's negotiation over. was already done. That's done. That's done. That's uh, right. So, you know, my challenge for any listener to this program is do not play Russian roulette with your eternal destination. I agree. Get That's it, far right. more important than investments. Than anything. Than uh, anything. Anything that we could be talking about, sure. really. I had an opportunity, Art, years ago to pray with a guy in the hospital who was not a believer. And when I walked in, he, he was uh, near death, I had been told. I walk into the room, and he's sitting up in his bed, and he looks as healthy as I did. And I've, I'm thinking, that must be wrong. What I heard about him must not be right. Uh, but as I talked with him, I found out that the diagnosis was indeed dire. And so uh, I, I just had the most delightful chat with a person that I had never met before. Mm -hmm. And he's telling me all about his life. And I started telling him about my life and about the gospel, and which led me into uh, talking about things that matter. With, you know, anytime you have that opportunity to share your faith and to share the gospel. And that was my express purpose for going up there. Because, again, I thought I was going to see somebody at the edge sure. of death's door. Well, he was, he didn't look like that. And so as the chat went on, it, it, it got to that point where I was able to ask him, uh, what, what do you think about this? Would you like to pray and ask the Lord to forgive you for your sins and ask him to come into your heart? and become your Lord. Mm. And to my delight, he said, yes, I would like that. Wow. So we prayed. And at the end of that prayer, he it was like there was just something different about him. And I asked him, I, I forget his name now, but I asked him, I said, what, you've been raised in a country that churches around and you've probably attended churches before and you've heard about God. I said, what would have kept you in the past from ever coming to this point that you've just now come to? Mm. And he said this, he goes, Mike, 
I guess I just thought I was going to live forever. Uh-huh. There you go. And you know what, Art? He died the next day. Wow. Wow. He died the next yeah. day. And even though it didn't look like he was at death's door, he was. Yeah. And I've never forgotten that. And I'm, I believe that what you just said while ago is right. We, we uh, got to keep that in mind that we can't stay here. Mm-mm. Nope. And, you know, the difference between somebody who gets it, you know, ev- everybody claims to be a Christian these days, but I don't know what that means anymore because it can mean nothing to everything. Yeah, right. Because, uh, you know, we're not getting good. Uh, the pulpits are very weak, broadly speaking, today. And I don't mean to be critical, but it's a fact. Uh, when somebody comes to the end of their days in terms of peaceful or agonizing, whether Christ is mm-hmm. truly their Lord and Savior, just saying it uh, isn't, it's all it takes. I mean, you can't do anything to be saved. Only he can take care of that. Mm-hmm. But once you're saved, uh, unless you're transformed by the renewing of your heart and you change your life uh and you're not going to ever be perfect but at least you're attempting to follow his ways uh he's very clear you know right if you love me you will keep my commandments and we tend to denigrate that these days yeah Uh, sadly i agree i'm preaching i'm sorry that's all right man i agree with you that we have uh, come through a time frame when a lot of the uh, main thing has uh, not been preached as the main thing. Mm-mm. And and that is what we got to do. We've got to keep gospel preaching, gospel living before us. We got to remember and not forget that we have been bought with a price that we, as Paul said, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. It, 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 it's not I that live, it's Christ living mm, in me. That's right. And that's our hope for the entire hey we're going to be back we got up against a break i've got art alley with me hang on we've we'll be back with him in just a moment this is afternoons with mike and you're on the shepherd ec waters air conditioning and heat serves all your comfort needs with over 40 years experience ec waters is a top trained comfort specialist earning customers for life with integrity call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com back again with art alley and it is always so great to have Art up here. He knows so much about investing and the whole thing about being biblically responsible with investing. And that's something that has been talked about many times on the program Financial Issues, both with our, our uh, now departed friend, Dan Celia, who for years, he was a warrior oh, man. Uh, for this concept. And, yeah. you know, he, he retired from the whole uh, let's say the whole secular understanding of investing, and he he did very well in in his life, and really dedicated what turned out to be the rest of his life in this way of helping people manage their funds in a way that honored God, and the, that's really the call of being a steward, isn't it? Oh, you bet, man! Uh, in fact, I used to call him the financial version of Rush Limbaugh. That's right. You said mean, what, that. Before. What a blessing he was to the body of Christ. You know, uh, speaking of Rush, I just yesterday watched a video of, of him talking about Thanksgiving. And, and he had a uh, real, in his last days, he had a, a broadcast that was recorded and where he was talking about the, uh, the whole Thanksgiving from a, a, 
a better historical viewpoint than what you get in schools today. Mm. And it was really a classic. Wow. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, but our Dan was the, the Christian investing version of a rush. Absolutely. His voice was strong in this area. He was solid. He believed it with all of his heart. Man, I miss him. Me too, man. He yeah. was one of my best friends. Yeah, I know he was. And I was privileged to know him as well. He sat right where you are. And we got to talk and just the, the thrill. And I remember the program that you and I did after his death where we kind of play clips of yeah, uh, Dan. I, so you remember I, that. I remember that well, you bet. That was a lot of fun. But anyway, going back to the whole thing about this investing and what uh, we've heard for years, not only in interviews with you, you've been on Mike Huckabee talking about the Timothy plan. You've shared your story on, on Salem Broadcasting, our friends in the city here uh, as well. And one of your articles was recently issued on Town Hall, which is part of that group. And it was all about a, a, an acronym. It was ESG. Mm. And now that sounds like a component in uh, uh, in Chinese food. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. I don't think we're talking about food uh, contaminants here, right? Not at no, all. Not at all. Well, they're so, contaminants, but not food contaminants. <laughs> but uh, let's, go, let's talk about that for a minute. What does ESG, as it relates to finances, what does that stand for? Well, uh, you got to back the bus up a little bit, Mike. Okay. And understand who's behind all this. Okay, the radical left we call them. Right. The ultra liberal. Uh, I don't understand their thinking at all, but I understand who motivates them. Yeah. And he is the enemy. Uh, they put us to shame on use of the English language. They can make something horrible sound very good and responsible. Mm. And ESG falls into that. Uh, the E stands for environmental. Mm -hmm. Now, that is the track they are trying to scare the fool out of people to, to uh, accomplish their agenda of world domination. Uh, who is not uh, for responsible environmental activity? I am. Yeah, well, it sounds but like... that's if, if, not yeah. what they mean, okay? Yeah. They mean control. They right. will dictate the... the, the uh, Elite ones will dictate how you deal with this. In spite of even reasoning, no, because no, this whole push about electric cars, it's not getting rid of the need for coal. In fact, they're, uh, they're having to amp up that just to make the batteries and to fire the, the energy that it takes to make a, an electric car. You bet. Just look at California. I mean, they're mandating electric cars in the very reasonably near future. Yeah, under 10 years. And they years. had to shut down. They're telling people, don't charge your batteries. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> because we don't have the energy to do it. Imagine what that's going to do. Are they going to have a, an electric airplane? Is that what this is coming to? Uh, could be, but it all still, you've got to charge the batteries with something. And yeah. that is a traditional energy production. Okay. That, you know, we're touching on the E of ESG. Right. Environmental. Environmental mm -hmm. does not mean what we would uh, interpret environmental to mean because we're going to be environmentally responsible. It's not just uh, not about polluting lakes. It's all about control. Everything they do is about control. Then you get to social. The and S, when right. ESG first surfaced, P 
people put us, Timothy Plan, under the social, the S part, because social, you know, we kind of could be uh, uh, defined that way, but uh, we make it clear, you know, we're not social, we're biblically responsible. Social is another attempt that makes something sound good, but advance a very liberal, controlling, dominating agenda. And then governance, you know, between social and governance. And that's the G. Yeah, that's the G in ESG. And that is uh, almost forcing people to to embrace a very liberal agenda on transgenderism, on, uh, you know, uh, LGBT plus Q. Um, yeah, whatever. You know, they have embraced uh, all that, and they're embracing that under governance. That right. Although you would think governance, you want companies to responsibly govern their their corporation and their people. So what they've done is is taken something that sounds pretty good, like they always do, and uh, try to advance that. But what it is about really is control. Uh, Money is a central uh, factor in everything. We have two major, major uh, uh, companies or or, uh, corporations in our industry, in the mutual fund industry, that dominate. BlackRock and Vanguard. Those guys are so big. You know, Timothy is $2 billion. You think, oh, geez, that's really wonderful. Uh, we're a speck uh, on their horizon. They are so big and run by very liberal people. Uh, They own major shares of major corporations, and they impose their liberal will on these corporations. Now, we screen these companies out if they're promoting stuff that's anti-biblical, but in a lot of cases, these companies are being forced because these two behemoths dictate to them what they need to be doing. Mm. So there's, there's a whole lot of confusion, like there is in most things today, on ESG. Uh, they are, and a lot of it has to do with promoting uh, Chinese involvement with these people. I mean, they're so dark, it's crazy. I, I don't understand it. But you, you've got to be able to, to really discern between what does that mean and what's really going on Mm -hmm. you know timothy plan for example we are biblically responsible you can find what we do just go to the scriptures and we follow it all right uh god says do not murder do not kill uh depending on your version well you know you're killing a baby in the womb now that to me is is murder uh so companies that are involved in promoting abortion we will not own shares mm-hmm. of those companies. Or the companies that would make the abortion pill. like for Or, or, yeah, or the, yeah. the pills or hospitals yeah. that perform abortions or insurance companies. It's much cheaper to pay for an abortion than a live birth. You know, all of this stuff boils oh, down wow. to money. Um, but now the new thing with Roe Wade that we brought mm-hmm. up is now companies are paying the expenses to have their employees go to a state that'll perform an abortion for them. How in the world can you justify that? Yeah, and I think that's what uh, California is really aiming for. It's like to be the abortion destination. Yeah, well, 
they're going to end up, you know, the people that have any values are bailing out of California. If I lived yeah. there, I'd move. I, I would not, you know, uh, but God bless the people that are still there trying to keep, shine the light in the darkness. Uh, but at any rate, there's this other thing called faith-based investing. Now, what does that mean, Mike? It can mean anything you want it to mean. You know, your faith can be one thing and my faith can be another thing. And it can mean anything with people that have any kind of faith in anything at all. Uh, and so what we do with Timothy is we make it very specific. We are not faith Well, we are, you know, our faith, but we are biblically responsible. Now, that, the distinction seems like it could be misunderstood by some people. It is misunderstood. It, yeah, when, when they say, well, wait a minute, why are you saying that this, this thing that I have uh, invested in that's a faith-based uh, firm, faith-based investment, uh, and then they look, what, what would make that not faith and Timothy being biblical? What's the difference? Well, the difference is whose faith are you talking about? I mean, faith is a broad word that can mean anything. Okay. Uh, just like Christian, unfortunately, has become a broad word that can mean anything. So basically, you're saying that that f- what was determined to be faith-based might not be based on the Bible. That's right. It might be, but it might not be. It might not be. So what we do is we make it very specific. We are biblically responsible. Okay. I get and, that now. And that, that anchors it down to something you can really define and, and hang your hat on. You know, we're living in a time where you have to really define these terms like that, right? I mean, you know, if someone says, well, I'm, we're a faith-based organization, right. that might not be true uh, might, to the Word of God. Uh, might not be the faith you're thinking of. That yeah. is exactly right. And that's what's going on today. And, you know, what do you do? Uh, how do you discern all this stuff? Well, you know, we have a... a a, a program that, that people can call us, you tell us where your money's invested, and we have a program that'll tell you how much of that money is invested in companies that fail the abortion screen, or fail the pornography screen, mm-hmm. or fail the anti-family entertainment. And, you know, we got 64 screens that a team of people work full-time documenting what these companies are doing, and unawares, solid Christian folks are investing their money uh, thinking it's responsible, but unless, uh, and they don't have the tools to know, you know, what are these companies? They don't even know what the company, most people don't even understand what a mutual fund is. An advisor tells them you need to invest in here and here mm-hmm. and here. And if it's a trusted advisor, you do that, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, what I'm seeing is a shift there going on too. People are becoming more aware and they're starting to ask questions, you know, uh, Mr. Advisor, where is this money being invested? Uh, and well, here's a question. Does okay. the advisor know? A lot of times they don't and, uh, not to criticize them. They just don't know. They don't have the tools. So people call us and one of their biggest complaints is, you know, I go to church with my advisor. He's a good Christian man. I couldn't believe he invested my money in companies that are involved in abortion. And what we tell them is have him call us. We will equip him with tools that'll help him understand that. Mm. Uh, so, Mike, if, if you want to call our office, for example, mm-hmm. and um, 
share the names of the extensive portfolio that you're invested in. <laughs> yeah, it's we will. very extensive. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> we have a tool that will analyze that and tell you what percent of your money is invested in companies that fail these basic biblical screens. Wow. And you'd have no way of knowing because that's mm -hmm. not what you do. You, you know, you're a radio host. You, know, you do that very well. Uh, so we, we fill that uh, gap for people. That's wonderful. And all of this is uh, described in this article. And you can uh, go to Town Hall and just then uh, type in Art Alley, that's A-L-L-Y, and then put in there ESG. And uh, it's going to pop up for yeah. you. Now, one of the things, uh, Art, I, I love having you here. Time is getting close in this segment. We'll continue in the third segment with you. But here's a, a quote from your article, and I want to talk about this for the remainder of our time in this uh, segment. Millennials, you said, are nearly twice as likely to invest in companies or funds that target specific environmental or social outcomes. Now, we know that uh, the, the millennials are hit hard on so many different directions in uh, quotes and speakers. They, I think sometimes it's unfair, but there does, there is without a doubt uh, a, a pronounced, and we've seen this in many ways, a pronounced concern over the social justice world mm -hmm. and things that are going on. And it, it seems like from what I'm reading into this, that some of those lines have gotten a bit blurred when people are millennials. They're thinking they're investing in something that is, again, good and right and healthy, but they don't realize that uh, in in making this majority point of their investments, it's going in that one direction that is not right. Explain that. Well, again, you got to back up the bus. Uh, the biggest problem we have with millennia that millennials have is they've most of them have attended public schools, and they have been indoctrinated into how good some of these bad things are. They really believe it, and they'll act on their beliefs, and God bless them. I mean, they, they really are sincere, uh, but it, it goes back to their education, uh, and that's where I go back to, you know, the, the problem we have in America lies at the doorstep of the church, and I don't mean to, to uh, criticize anybody. There are good churches. They all mean well. But unless you are teaching God's true word, uh, instead of blending with the world's way of thinking of things and make people comfortable, mm -hmm. um, you are not going to equip your people. And well-meaning parents, and this is why we started Liberty Church, well-meaning parents take their kids to Sunday school. Uh, they're doing everything they know how to do right, but you know the kids either in public school or some version of a, a weaker Christian school or private school. Uh, but then when they go to college, the majority of them yeah. go off the rails. And the reason is they do not have a foundation. The church is not equipping our young people. Parents are leaving it to the church, and the church is, is just not equipping them where they can handle these ultra-liberal professors in college. And they you know, you got an authority figure there. You're, you're receiving what he's saying is gospel truth. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is really slanted toward an ultra liberal agenda because that's what they believe. So it all goes back to indoctrination, but there is hope. Well, let's talk about hope 
when we return. Okay. My guest is Art Alley, and he's with the Timothy Plan, the Timothy Partners. Give us the website real quick, Art. Uh, simply timothyplan.com or 1-800-TIM-PLAN if you want to call us. All right. I'll be back with Art Alley in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now. Or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. When Art Alley comes, uh, Art Alley is uh, my own version of the old joke, the old commercials. When E.F. Hutton speaks, everyone listens. (laughs) (laughs) When Art Alley opens his mouth, (laughs) I always pay attention because he's a good guy. He's a good friend. And I'm so grateful that we can turn around here and... Uh, just, you know, have fun, joke about uh, some stuff. But I, I love the fact that at the end of the day, Art, you believe in Jesus and you, you love the Lord. And, you know, we kind of closed off the last segment talking about the need in this day for hope. And, you know, when I look at the recent midterms, I saw this happen time and time again, where people are making statements that, hope is all wrapped up into this one night, this one election, Mm -hmm. uh, or whether uh, this one candidate gets in. And my goodness, all hope would be dashed if that candidate doesn't get in. And it causes this stress and this tension. A believer will know, those who know the Lord will know that uh, Jesus is the source of our hope. And that's not going to be taken away by a midterm election. Amen. He is the anchor that holds. Right. Uh, When I mentioned hope at the end of the last segment, uh, we were talking about millennials and how they've been indoctrinated. Right. And if you want to talk about elections, you look at where the really blue, dark blue is, you'll find it's in in cities that have major colleges. Right. Um, And they all, you know. Large cities as well, but cities uh, that uh, that, uh, that really have this influence. It's crazy. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to be better equipping our kids. And the hope here with me is, you know, turning point. Uh, I respect them and the, the work they're doing with young people. And I was at a, a conference with them one time and, and they made it clear. That's you know, Turning Point USA, Charlie turning Kirk. Turning Point USA, mm-hmm. Charlie Kirk. Um, that our hope is the millennials have been kind of indoctrinated. Uh, my hope for them is when they become parents, then, then they start seeing, I better be a little more responsible in some cases. Uh, Gen X is the next level mm-hmm. down, uh, indoctrinated. The hope is what they're now calling Gen Z, the late teens, very early 20s. Uh, they have, uh, that's who they work with. And they have made it clear that the Gen Z generation is the most conservative they've seen since the World War II generation. Isn't that something? The pendulum is coming back because these kids are seeing all this stuff that they've been told doesn't work. They're tired of being lied to, and they're seeking actual truth for themselves. So this is encouraging for me because there's a whole lot of them out there. I, I agree completely, and it begs the question, does it not, why is Gen Z, the younger of these groups, 
Why are they seeing through to truth when those just a little bit, the generation older are not? What, what happened there? They're seeing it doesn't work. They, they really are. They, they want real truth. I guess my question is why wouldn't Gen X come to the same conclusion? Well, because indoctrination, they're, they're getting their truth from, uh, for the most part, government schools that are doing nothing about educating them on reading, writing, and arithmetic like you and I are in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about social issues, you know, and that all started with John Dewey. I mean, yeah, you know, right. You're right. Uh, it's been going on in the a long 1800s, time. Yeah. This is, this is nothing new. Right. Uh, but you know, when sooner or later people are going to wake up, God has a way of waking them up. Isn't that something um, that they, this whole movement was called the woke movement. Yeah. And yet what happens what needs to happen is people need to wake up in the woke movement. Well, it took me a while to understand what the heck woke was because woke to me is when I wake up in the morning, you know, I woke up. Yeah. No, well, that's not what it means. No, man. that's I not mean, what it means. That's not what any of these words are, are have been so compromised. But at any rate, uh, we were talking during the break about where people's hope is placed. Mm-hmm. We just had the midterms. People, if your hope is based on elections, uh, you're going to be disappointed more than you're going to be thrilled. That's right. Uh, your hope has to be yeah. based on the anchor that holds, on the rock. Uh, and that's why we're paying so much attention to the pulpits. Uh, and that's why we are putting so many of our resources into these pastor boot camps for mm-hmm. pastors that mm-hmm. get it. Uh, too many pastors are... are career people today and if you're a career pastor you're not going to offend people sitting in the pews that'll hurt your offering it'll hurt your attendance because people come with preconceived ideas Uh, back when I was young and I didn't grow up in the church but when I was young pastors went to the pulpits kicking and screaming because God called them Mm -hmm. if God calls you to the pulpit you're going to be a much different pastor than if it's your career Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're finding the God called pastors and they're isolated. They're ill-equipped to deal with this culture biblically. Uh, and the Bible is a very political book, but the problem is we have, we have prostitute, excuse me for that word, mm-hmm. uh, politics mm-hmm. and, and the best definition of politics I've heard. And you've heard it too, is poly means many. And ticks are blood suckers. And that's what you end up with, with people that are self-serving in politics. They're not there oh, for man. the best interests. That's <laughs> you great, know, Feel free to cut out anything <laughs> no, no, I, I like say, that. man. I mean, uh, uh, but what a great definition that is. But if your hope is in the political process, your hope is misplaced. That doesn't mean yeah. we're irresponsible yeah. there. We should be. The church used to be the guardian of the culture. Right. We have backed away from that. We I need agree. to get back to that. You know, I love when you study history and you look at the early founders and then you look at the seat of the church, which so often in a lot of communities, the, the pastor would be one of the more educated from a standpoint of history. And I'm talking about right history now. Right. Uh, he would be one of the more educated people there. And there was so much trust and so much respect put in the the office of being a pastor that that is gone by the wayside today right and uh, the leaders of governments 
And like you mentioned so correctly, the leaders of our higher education institutions, uh, especially uh, state universities and and, uh, the the woke colleges of, of the world today, those that are pushing this agenda of the radical left, are really doing all they can do to make Christianity and the pastors that preach it to look like they themselves are the radicals. They themselves are the extremists. Right, or the and, terrorists. And they're the terrorists. Right. Well, we, we would hear that even a family is a terrorist, too. Well, yeah, uh, it, it, it is a worldwide pandemic. Uh, we lived in a bubble in America of about 200 years, mm-hmm. where we had the freedom, that came from God, we all understood that, we had the liberty civil and religious liberty where the rest of the world didn't have that right Uh, they've always been under oppression it's always been a spiritual war always satan versus god and uh, in america when the church started blending with the world we started getting less and less equipped to do the um the duty of of being the guardians of the culture. And as a result of that, we're where we are today. It goes back to the doorstep of the church and Timothy uh, partners. uh, The best investment we can make is holding these boot camps for pastors, three days and three nights for a hundred pastors and their wives at a time with Paul Blair running this thing. And Paul Blair is on our station. He's uh, on at 7.30 in the morning and again at 5.30 in the evening, in the afternoon. Uh, he's on and Dan and Paul, uh, the, the Dan is the uh, co-host, Dan Fisher. They just do a, a marvelous job. They, they, they really do. And they are the ones that are educating these pastors on the biblical principles of uh, engaging this culture. Mm-hmm. It is our responsibility. Uh, we don't have to win. God doesn't say win. He just says engage, and we haven't engaged. Right. So to date, we have trained about 1,400 pastors in about seven states now, and we're going to keep going. It's a very expensive endeavor, but it's the best investment we can make. These guys are being transformed permanently and they're going back to equip their flock, their congregation, with the biblical principles of how to be a Christian America. Mm-hmm. And, now, and I know that's not trying to make an Americanized Christianity. It's not trying to do that, but it's saying be salt and light here in our country. Absolutely. Represent the gospel of Jesus the way our founders intended for that to happen. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so we're seeing now, uh, again, I would wonder, we've got enough time here to ask this question of Yard. Were you encouraged by some of the, uh, let's say, grassroots movements of people who I think are being influenced and seeing through the to the truth of things? And there were some victories in this midterm election that would be by people that would fit that category, that they are new thinkers, different thinkers than the old school, different than what has been there before and the house has now turned away from the radical left. That's going to make a difference, perhaps. We may be in the early stages of another great awakening in America. I am seeing this everywhere. People are finally, you know, it. it uh, our problem has been pursuing the American dream of unlimited prosperity. You know, if it's not coming to my door, you know, it's okay. Whatever you want to do is fine. Well, it's coming to our door. People yeah. are People are waking up to that fact now. 
and they're starting to engage. And one of the, the most visible ones that I am thrilled with is parents are waking up and holding their school boards accountable for what they're doing to their children's minds. Parents have been ignoring that for years. Well, that's the only thing I can think of that came uh, good that came out of the pandemic. Parents started seeing what's going on, even though the schools didn't want them seeing that. Right. And parents are up in arms, and uh, you know it is, uh, it is a pendulum swinging back the other way. Is yeah. it too late? Maybe, but what isn't too late? what people need to hang on to, they can take everything away from me except my relationship with Christ. And because we as believers know that it's not about this life anyway. That's right. We are walking through as aliens and foreigners in a land, and our citizenship is rooted in heaven, and they can't take that away. And Mike, uh, do I have time for an illustration? When I'm I'm giving talks around the country in a big auditorium, I have people mentally draw a line from one on a wall, from one end to the other, to represent eternity. You can't. You can't measure eternity. You have to put arrows on both ends. Yeah. And then I challenge him, you go up and plot a lifetime of 100 years on that line. How much space would it take up? Yeah. Wow. And that puts things in perspective. That's right. Yeah. Can't get our brain around what that's going to be like. Yeah. But we live for the spec. Yeah. That's Not so for sad. the line. That's right. Uh, oh, Matt's well said, Art. Yeah. Well said. We live as if that speck is the line. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. It's not. Now, it, we we do need to live responsibly. I'm not saying you just yeah. put your feet up and say, okay, God, when you're ready, take me. No, he expects us mm-hmm. to engage. He expects us to occupy the land right. with his principles. Right. Yeah. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Right. Boy, that's great. Art Alley, it's always a delight to have you up here. Give us your website one more time. Uh, two things. The website is timothyplan.com, and even I can navigate it. It's easy to navigate. <laughs> the other thing that uh, as long as I'm drawing breath in and out, yeah. Uh, if you call us, you will have a human being answer the phone, not a computer. And they will connect you with another human being that can answer all of your questions. What and a that, novel idea. I right? know. It, it, yeah. it, it is so rare today, you know. Uh, you just call 800-TIM-PLAN if you're here in Orlando or wherever you are. That, uh, that phone will ring and a human being will answer it. And they will answer it with a smile on their face because every one of our staff are born-again Christians and they That's love wonderful. the Lord. And they're, they're on board with, with our mission that God has given us 28 years ago. Wow. Art Alley, thank you for being here. Friends, we're out of time. We'll see you next time right here on The Shepherd.